All right, it is time for what you need to know here on Sedano and Kaplan on 710 ESPN. It's being brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. That's Morongo Casino. And here is at Unique. What's going on, Laura? What up, guys? Um, You know, it's hot today. It's hot in L.A. Very hot. You know, that's not what y'all need to know because I'm sure all of you guys know that. (laughs) Anyways, so I was at the Rams game Rams, yeah, we don't really got to mention the Chargers, whatever, but they were there. Um, And everybody keeps talking about this viral video. I don't really care about it because what I was really focused on was the stadium itself. Mm It's seriously beautiful. I was like, wow. I was just mind blown about how beautiful it was. And, like, I love that it's inside and then you kind of step out of your seat, but then you kind of get that breeze. So, to me, it was, like, best of both worlds. The only thing that I that I um happened to encounter <laughs> was one of the callers talked about how, you know, they felt like they were limited with like staff, right? Yeah. Um I didn't really get that part of it as far as like the staff because I literally saw like Rams ambassadors, security. So for me it wasn't so much the staff itself, but it was the concession stands. The lines were ridiculous. I mean, just extremely ridiculous. But when we finally got somewhere, my my friend that I took wanted popcorn. She's like, yo, that's all I want is just popcorn and a beer, and I'm good for the rest of the game. So we finally found popcorn, and they didn't have the boxes to put the popcorn in. So the gentleman that was working the concession stand told me that it was a stadium-wide thing, that they ran out of so many different things in the stadium because they weren't anticipating to sell out or have the crowd that they did. So that was my only thing that I was like, whoa, I would figure they would overstock, but they didn't. So they had a bunch they had a bunch of popcorn already made that they couldn't sell. They had a bunch of things that they, you know, that they were missing one or the other to sell. So I found that very interesting. And I was like, man, like I you know, it it was the first time that they had fans there. So I felt like they weren't prepared for that. Mm. But other than that, like, I honestly, I don't I don't know. Like, I saw security guards everywhere. So I'm not going to sit here and say that they didn't have enough. That's interesting. I, you know what I mean? Because I, I honestly saw, yo, shout out to the one that I, never mind. But he was cute. So, I mean, I saw, okay. <laughs> oh, no, no, now you got to continue. Now you got to continue. Don't, 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 don't start protection back. available. You know no. what I'm saying? I mean, he was eyeing me, and then I was like, okay, but that that's a whole other conversation. But, honestly, I did see enough security guards. And, like, for me, I mean, I'm not a Rams fan, so I'm not here to, like, you know, give praise to an organization that I honestly don't follow. But... The stadium was gorgeous. I did see enough staff. I, I'm not going to down that. Because even when you got into the stadium where you were trying to go in, there was a, a bunch of security guards. So I don't I don't know what he was talking about in regards to that. But the concession stands, fam, yeah, mm, that, that, we, we got a problem right there. Because, you know, when you go to a game, you want to grab your food and your drink and you sit. I know it was preseason, so, you know, it's a little different because I walked around and that's the time that you kind of have that opportunity to get to know the stadium because the stars ain't playing, right. you know? So you, right. you get that. But y'all not having enough things for me to put my popcorn in, that was a problem. Okay, foodie That's fatty. crazy. So what you're Laura saying is that they, they didn't run out of popcorn. They ran out of the boxes? Yes. 
It so there was just big bags of popcorn. If you had said, I- "I'll give you a hundred dollars for just a bag to walk around with," you think no, you could like have it was- oh, that's like old school Dodger Stadium right. status. Yeah, no. So you know, like the little popcorn machine and the little glass or whatever. They yeah. were. It was full. Mm-hmm. The guy goes, "We got Doritos." Wow. I was going to ask you, is what is the alternative? Form? What do you try and what do you say? Hey, you look, use you know a what? big cup is what you well, do. Well, that's there. exactly right. Like, why yeah. why didn't somebody say to the person who was working there, "Hey, look, I'll tell you what. Um, I know you don't have the popcorn boxes, but if you take a large soda cup and you just fill it with popcorn, I'll take that." Yeah, that's. Yeah, I, I don't think they were able to do. Well, see, because you guys have to remember, sometimes I don't know how they work, right? But I've worked, like for example, I worked at fast food places, mm-hmm. so you can't give like a regular cup. Some people are like, I have you have to pay for that cup because it's inventory and like how their situation works. Yeah, if that's, that's like a cup missing. Why isn't the cup being sold? And now right, we're short. Right, on, right, so it's, it, it gets into all these logistical things that nobody needs to hear on ESPN. But that's probably why they didn't do that. Gotcha. But the fact that they were, you know, he told me on that specific concession stand, he's like, nobody has it. So we have this, but we don't have that. Or like in certain food areas. They ran out of like um, the nacho chips, he was saying, but yeah. the other one had it. So they were like running around trying to give it to each other. So I'm like, yo, like that's wild. You know, you have these employees with people who are probably upset because they're waiting a little longer for their food to come out because they literally had to go from one side of the stadium to the other. Aye. That was crazy. That was mm. cra- that was a little crazy to me. So, But other than that, I mean, it wasn't like a big deal. I mean, whatever, right? We didn't get popcorn, but... I just thought it was funny how such a huge organization underestimated how many fans they were going to have in the stadium. I have uh, one uh, thing to say to that. Mm-hmm. It's preseason for everyone. That's a good point. I was I was just going to say, I'm not trying to jump on the Rams or mm-hmm. SoFi or anybody like that. But the one point that I'll focalize on when it comes down to things that you have to get right is safety. You know what? If they got popcorn flying all over the place and they don't have boxes, nobody's really getting hurt because of that. But – whether your security guards are there or not, safety has to be a priority, especially considering that we're dealing with the pandemic. So that's the only reason I was focalized so much on that point, Scott. I got to say, um, popcorn at a football game. Oh, that's not for you? Not for me. <laughs> what's, what's your go-to, Cap? What's your go-to? I mean, I guess I, I really, I'm trying to even think about it. Like, like if I were at a football game and I were, you know, in the stands and mm-hmm. I was like, hey, let's go get something to eat. I'd be like, yo, um, popcorn. I was like, no, nah, popcorn is, is good at a movie. I don't know that I want popcorn <laughs> at a popcorn football is good game. Anytime. Let's be real. That's fair. Yeah, I'm a big popcorn guy. Same. So I'll yeah. eat popcorn. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. My whole thing is my friend is a newly, like not newly married. I mean, she's been married for like a couple of years, but she's kind of a new mom, right? So it was mm-hmm. her first time out mm-hmm. without her husband, without her child. And y'all decided to get popcorn? She's trying to keep it cute. She right? was she was like, she was the one that was focused. I'm over here like, let's go drink. Like, we're gonna go. <laughs> I mean, you saw her. We literally came back to downtown. I was like, yeah, as I was leaving, drink, she pulls up. I'm like, what are you doing here? I was like, I, this girl needs a drink. <laughs> like, so you she brought her to the ESPN radio studios? No, no, no. I went, I parked here because you know oh. we get free parking and then gotcha. there's uh there's bars resourcefulness here. right there nice. you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. we teach that in this program you know, definitely so definitely nice. you know the parking works on the weekend cap yeah. but uh yeah. so we went to, to a bar but she was not trying to like while out and i'm like look i get it you're married you're a mom you're not trying to while out but the first time you don't got your kid or your husband like let's do something i just want popcorn I'm yeah, like, oh, my funny. God. I'm with Jesse, though. I think that when um, last year, when you guys think back to a year ago, when sports started going again, but there were nobody in the stands, and then those first games back when fans were able to come back in, 
And this complaint that you have, Laura, which, you know, you're not the first one to have it today. Um, I remember this exact same thing when people are like, oh, my God, we went back to our first game and they didn't have hot dogs. They didn't have enough this. They didn't have enough that uh, lines were super long. I mean, listen, it's it's tough out there. Even like getting people to want to work right now is a yep. hard thing to do. So they could be highly understaffed. I'm surprised that there weren't enough popcorn boxes because now what a waste of popcorn. You've, you've popped all the corn. You got no boxes. You can't sell the popcorn. And, and I'm just curious, mm -hmm. Laura, do you recall when, if you would have been able to get the popcorn, mm -hmm. how much for a box of popcorn okay. in SoFi? Here's my thing. I'm the type of person, and it's just me, that when I go to any stadium or any like sporting event, any concert, I know that prices are going to be a lot more expensive than what I would pay outside of these places. Mm -hmm. So for me, I get it. I went to a concert a few months ago. The Literally, my friend paid for one drink, $30, and a regular beer, $30. Mm. Right? So we were like, damn, that's excessive. We've never Ouch. seen that. That was at um, Honda Center. But, for, oh, no, no, no. Anyways, wherever it was. But the thing is, for me, I don't get upset. Like, if I'm paying... You know, at Dodger Stadium, I paid like 20 bucks or whatever it is for my margarita. You know that's what you're paying. So when people are like, oh, my God, I paid $15 for a soda. Ah, uh, <laughs> then you've never been to a game before. Like, yeah. chill yeah, out. That is kind of the price of You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's I'm sorry. It, like, that's just what it is. So I'm not going to sit here and down the stadiums are doing it. I don't remember. And it's not a bougie thing. It's like, I'm not balling. Like, I'm always like, I ball on a budget, right? So my thing is, I just know that when I'm in those type of environments, I know I'm going to overpay. So why the hell am I going to look at the price? Mm. Like, there's no point. Just it's, charge me what it is and let me pay it. It's like complaining going to a theme park and waiting f in line for rides. Like, mm. it's, you're going. It's going to happen. Mm. Like you, it's, Preach. It's, sometimes they're short. Sometimes they're long. That was my brother But you're today. going mm. to wait. So it's like you can't get mad that there's a long wait. It's What yeah. did you expect going to a theme park? Exactly. So don't... I, I'm sorry. That's like a pet peeve for me. People that complain about prices at like concerts or stadiums. No, no, no. You paid, you know, a hundred whatever dollars if it maybe not for preseason. But I've seen try, you know, I've seen tickets for other games like nosebleed seats are in the high, like the middle a hundred dollars. All right, right. Do me a favor. Do me a favor quickly. Crazy. Uh, the body. Is there a game on Sunday, August 29th? Let's see. Can we check this? Okay, let's take a look at the schedule here because I would think that's got to be pushing the end of preseason now. Let's mm -hmm. see here. What's today's date? Today's the 16th. Today's the 16th. I will be out of town next Sunday, but I will be Ooh. back in town the Sunday after that. If there's, there's a, a game handful at of games. If there's a game at SoFi, I'll go to that game because we're going to be on the next week, and I kind of want to go to – I kind of want to see it. The 28th. Before, the yeah, 20th. there's no game Rams on the 29th. At, uh, yeah. Oh, no, no. The 28th Rams is a Saturday. Yeah, Rams yeah. and Broncos. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's an away game. They're in a way. Okay, mm -hmm. that's too bad. All right, never mind. I'm not going to get there before before we get back. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure down you, I'm sure down the line before the, the season wraps. You'll oh, sure, there. but well, I'm no, saying. You got, this, I, I, you got this Raider game. That's probably the last home preseason game for the Rams. It is. But mm -hmm. that's, I'm not going to be here. That's he's the not, issue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Alas. Oh, well. I'll be in I will say that. I will say this. I'm not I'm not going to knock on the Rams or SoFi for running out of things like, you know, concessions or long lines. It's everybody's first game back, but I'm just surprised you don't have enough boxes. If, if you've if you've popped the corn, you got to have receptacle to put the popcorn in. 
And then if you're standing there and you're like, yo, I'm ready to spend $15 on some popcorn. And they're like, sorry, we can't give you any. But you got it right here. I know, but we'd have nothing to put it in. That's kind of weird. How about if I take my hat off? Will you put a whole bunch of popcorn in my hat? I'll eat it out of my hat. <laughs> That's nasty. <laughs> That's disgusting. That is gross. We're in a pandemic, Scott. Come well, on. What are you it doing? It depends on how you much you more want than popcorn. anybody should know. Where's the That's not what we're doing right now. <laughs> Goodness. <laughs> All right, listen, coming up, um, Clinton, let's turn our attentions from the Rams, from the preseason, from viral fight videos, from uh, lack of concessions. Let's turn our attentions over to the Lakers because I know I saw you and Sedano on the jump and Tim Bontemps was on with you guys and Tim, uh, an ESPN NBA writer. National NBA writer who has been doing the job for a decade, mind you. Just want to make that clear. He's been around the league for a long time, respected voice in the business. Okay, but he said something that was tweeted by ESPN Los Angeles, which was that he doesn't think the Lakers roster today is as good as it was a year ago. When no, they that's the not what he then. said. Okay, don't don't miss. He said, I don't think this team got better. Okay. That's a critical element to what is going on. We'll come up with that next. Okay. I don't think this team has gotten better. And let me tell you something. If you just go on to ESPN Los Angeles on Twitter, you will see a lot of very angry Laker fans. They're very, very pissed at Tim Bontemps. He will join us next. He'll explain his position. Don't go anywhere. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Yeah, Sedano and Kaplan here on 710 ESPN. Television's Clinton Yates is in the house. What's up? How we doing? We aight. All right. So, Clinton, we're going to start moving towards a little Dodgers baseball coming up. Dodgers and... Pittsburgh Pirates starting a series. We'll get there after a huge sweep this past weekend against the New York Mets and taking five of six on the road. We'll get to some Dodgers coming up in just a little bit. But before we do, let's get into the Lakers. Um, You brought this up, and we said, hey, why don't we bring this gentleman on? So Tim Bontemps is an NBA writer with ESPN, and I know you and George were on the jump with Tim, and he is not as bullish on this, this Laker roster rebuild as everybody else seems to be. Would you, should we play for everybody what Tim said? Yeah, let's do that first, and then we'll go to Tim. All right, Jesse, go ahead and play it. I mean, the Lakers are going to be the most fascinating team in the league this year, but if you're talking about is this going to change the Lakers' title chances, I think it's nothing because you look at this team, and I don't think they're better than last year's team. You know, last year's team had Anthony Davis and LeBron James and a team that had one of the best defenses in the NBA, and they had a real identity. What is the identity of this Lakers team? They have to figure out how Russell Westbrook and LeBron James are going to play together. I don't think that fit's going to be great. They've brought in all these minimum players, some of them decent signings, you know, getting guys like Wayne Ellington, Trevor Ariza, you know, Melo can come in and score for them off the bench. Kendrick Nunn was a nice mid-level signing. But it's hard to look at this Laker team and see, here's a coherent vision of how they're going to play. And I I just think the fit with LeBron and Russ is going to be tough. I I don't think the defense is going to be good enough. I just don't think this has raised their championship level the way that a lot of people do. Now, I'll jump in here because Tim is my friend, and I've known Tim for a long time. And I think that what average Laker fan hears when they hear that 
implies that somehow Tim thinks the Lakers are a bad team. I don't think that's what you're saying. Was it good times? Uh, thanks for defending me, Ace. I appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't think the Lakers are a bad team. Uh, I, I do think they made a bad move in getting Russell Westbrook, but not because even Russell Westbrook is a bad player. I just think for the way the Lakers were set up, like I said in that clip, you know, the last two years they had a really coherent vision for what they were. Like if you went to watch a Laker game, what were you going to see? You were going to see a team that was going to guard the hell out of the team they were playing and they were going to get to the fourth quarter and give the ball to maybe the best player of all time, maybe the best player in the league today, LeBron James, have him carry them home and get a victory. And I think when you look at this team now, like there's no question it's going to be fascinating. There's no question they've got really interesting pieces to see how they fit together. But, you know, what is the vision for what this team is going to be? And what is the identity for what this team is going to be? I just think it's really hard right now to see what that's going to be. And I just, it's just hard for me to look at this team – and think that they're going to go from what they had the past couple of years when they when, when they were healthy, they were as good as anybody in the league, and think that because they added Russell Westbrook and have all these, you know, aging veterans around them, it's just hard to see how this is going to be better than what they had before. Yeah. Tim, I, I know I was very skeptical at the very beginning when Russell Westbrook was traded because I was like, I'm not sure how the egos all get along. I think of him as being a guy who's a central focus of a team, and now he's going to be a number three on a team. Yep. I don't know how it's going to work, but I will say this. Since his press conference, the story about LeBron and AD going to his place, seeing these guys uh, already working out together, I kind of feel like having you know Carmelo and Dwight Howard, guys who've taken a back seat now at this late part of their career, and with him coming home, I feel like Russell Westbrook is ready to fit in. And I know you talked about that on the jump as well. What do you think? Yeah, it's just, I mean, look, maybe that will happen. Maybe Russ will come in and take 12 shots a game and really guard people and do all the stuff that people think he's going to do. However, the history of Russell Westbrook is that he is a guy who, much like Allen Iverson, the guy I've always compared him to, as, as you said, Scott, has always been the central focus of whatever team he's been on, right? And, I mean, this is a guy who made a commercial after KD left Oklahoma City that the phrase he repeated over and over again from the song was, now I do what I want, right? Like, this is the way he has gone through his career. People said when he went to Houston, he was going to play with James Harden, his best friend from when he was a kid in L.A. He was going to, you know, fall in line behind him. That didn't happen. He went to Washington. Well, now he's going to mess with Bradley Beal. It's Bradley Beal's team. Russ is going to fit in. That didn't happen. It's just hard for me to see Russell Westbrook having gotten this trade to where he wanted to be with the Lakers changing again now and just completely changing his game. I mean, at this point, I just think Russ is who he is. And I think that, again, unless he, unless he dramatically goes away from what he's always been, it's very hard to look at him and look at LeBron James and think that's a good fit on a basketball court. And that doesn't mean Russ stinks. doesn't mean he's a bad player. I think if you're trying to win 45 to 50 games and be a mid-tier playoff team, I think Russell Westbrook's a great guy to have on your team. I think if you're trying to win a championship with LeBron James, I don't think the fit is very good. We're talking to Tim Bontemps, ESPN NBA writer here on Sedano and Cap on ESPN 710. I'm Clinton Yates filling in here for Sedano. I happen to disagree with you about the fit between Westbrook and LeBron. I just think that they're, they're sort of their paths and their, their, their goals are aligned to the point that it is going to happen for one player, but that's a different discussion. I think that the thing I think what I want to ask you about, though, is the other point about the Lakers and these moves is that 
this was a team that had to play in last year. This was a team that, of course, got injured, and so chances kind of changed. But I think the most important part about all of this is that the relative competitive advantage in the West is not necessarily increased. This was a pretty good team last year. They've changed a lot of stuff. They're still a pretty good team. And other teams in the West also will be improving, and other teams in the West will get better simply through experience, no? Yeah, look, if you tell me the Lakers are going to make the NBA Finals still, it's not like I think that's an impossible dream here, right? Right. Like, Like you said, Clinton, there's five or six teams in the West that are really good. The Lakers are one of them. I think any one of those teams, if things break right, could make the NBA Finals. I, I don't think that that – I don't think that the Lakers have gotten dramatically worse by doing this deal. I just think, like like you talked about the fit with Russ and, West, Russ and LeBron, and I think you said on the show the other day, and you kind of hinted at it there, that Russ can help take some of the load off LeBron during the regular season. That's yeah. undoubtedly true. They can give LeBron nights off. They can allow Russ to have the ball. Like, during the regular season, over 82 games, Russell Westbrook is a very useful guy to have on your team if you're trying to win regular season games. He plays really hard. He can lift an offense by himself to a degree. And just through sheer force of will, he's going to get you wins in the regular season. That's why I said before, if your goal is to try to make the playoffs, he's a really good guy to have on your team because he will help you make the playoffs. He did that in Oklahoma City. He did that in Washington last year after a rough start. He was very good in the second half of the season. But when he's in the playoffs... Russell Westbrook's lack of attentiveness on defense, his complete inability to shoot at this point, and his ability to, frankly, make a lot of bad decisions down the stretch by just trying to do too much. And in those situations, when he does that, will mean the ball's not in LeBron James' hands. That is where I think the trouble will come up for the Lakers in the playoffs. And I just think their offseason would have been better served if they tried to find guys that were better. Because, frankly, LeBron and AD gives you the highest floor in the entire league. So my goal would be trying to maximize that by putting guys around them who I think are guys that really can benefit you in trying to win 16 games in the playoffs. Whereas I think Russell Westbrook's best skill is to help you win as many games as possible over an 82-game regular season. Now, he will help the Lakers get through that run and to the playoffs, but if he is out there with LeBron and AD in the fourth quarters of games in the playoffs against good teams, I just think the weaknesses he's going to expose are going to hurt them more than his strengths are going to help them. All right, Tim, thank you. Get to wherever you're driving and get off of Twitter. Don't worry about these idiots. <laughs> well, Tim, I mean, you, you know that your timeline is I'm filled with angry Laker idiots. fans, dude. Yes. You, you, are, you are filled I mean, with Laker fans who, are to, who totally, 100%, will not buy into what you're selling at all because it's, it's hype, man. You know, that's just the way it is. You know, you got, yeah. you got a big star who's coming home. And so, uh, sure. you know, I mean, that's, that's the hype. It's a great, it's a great story, and if the Lakers win, it will be a great story. But you know, I've made a lot of correct predictions about the Lakers over the past few years simply by just stating what seems like reasonable facts about the team. So, we'll all right, good, goodbye, good times. Okay, you don't have to insult the intelligence of our diehards. All right, thanks for coming on. <laughs> I love Tim, by the way. Yeah, I know you do. I know you do. Tim and I have known each other since the Washington Post. And, like, let me tell you guys something. So, Laker fans out here, do not jump in my mentions telling me I'm defending my friends. Tim and I, off air, off studio, all the time, will call each other like old men and argue to the gills over NBA stuff like that. But I do think his perspective is interesting because I wanted to point that out quickly, which is that there's a very good chance that this team simply plays a different brand of basketball 
doesn't necessarily do much better, and that doesn't mean that they don't have a chance. It just means that they have retooled and stayed perhaps at the same level, which I would say is a compliment to Rob Palinka because that's not easy to do when you're turning over rosters that much. Look, I will say this, that when, when this happened and you and I were on the air together, Clinton, my first gut instinct was I don't know about the chemistry here. Right. Um, I think of Russell Westbrook as being a guy who, if he's playing with Harden, he's an equal. If he's playing with Beal, he's an equal. But when he's playing with LeBron and AD, he's on their team, and he has no choice but to take a back seat. If he doesn't take the back seat, then I don't think that the chemistry works. Forget about basketball skill set. I'm just talking chemistry here. And I think that what I've what I've watched here in the last two weeks is the story of LeBron and AD visiting, the long-time relationship that these guys have had having played together on Olympic-type teams, um, him coming home and him talking about wanting to be in front of his family and be around his people. I just think that Russell Westbrook has never done this, but I think he can and will, which is be a role player the same way Carmelo has become a role player the way he was in Portland, the same way Dwight Howard became a role player when he won a title with the Lakers. I think Russell Westbrook will become a role player because he knows he's on LeBron's team. This isn't his and Harden's team or his and Beal's team. This is very obviously LeBron's team. I totally agree. I think that they're, like I said, I think their goals and their missions are aligned in a way that makes this a successful combo. Does that think? Does that mean I think that the Lakers are going to the NBA Finals? No, I think the Lakers are going to the NBA Finals last year, and they didn't. You know, and so I think that that's what that's. I talk about this all the time, Scott. Expectation management. I know Laker fans have told me it's championship or bust, and that's how fans' mentality is, but. That doesn't necessarily mean that just because they roll out the balls are the best team on the court. The Western Conference is tremendous. That's, that's something we all know. So I'm hoping and I like the Westbrook move and I hope that the Lakers improve. But right now, I think there's a reasonable point that they're in the same point that they were last year, which is a good place to be. All right, coming up, we're going to get to the Dodgers and what they did this past weekend and the fact that they just can't seem to catch the Giants because the Giants just won't give up a game. We'll get there. Plus, USC football in the top 25 in a real Big year coming up for USC football. I want to get to these stories on the way, but coming up next, would you rather? Let's get to it. Coming up, this is Sedano and Kaplan with Clinton Yates filling in on 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Thank you, Chris. I will take it away. I actually like doing this. I might take it away from Greg. <laughs> oh. <I don't> <laughs> you go, I'm tough. kidding. I'm you kidding. You go, queen. I'm kidding because, you know, the boss comes back tomorrow and... I know Morales will grab that somehow, some way, and make oh, it. Oh, it's going to be a part of the open tomorrow, without a doubt. <laughs> no doubt. I got nervous today. Greg sent me a text early this morning. He's like, "Hey, man, how you doing? I heard about the whole COVID thing. You okay?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm good. Are you back?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm back." I'm like, "Are you back to work?" He's like, "No, I'm back tomorrow." I'm like, "Oh, okay. All right, all right. One more day. <laughs> no, one he, more day." He, he's like half back to work because uh, he emailed us already. Yeah, and uh, I, I talked with Amanda today, and uh, she was like, "Yeah, leave he's, him like, alone. He's detoxing from his <laughs> own soap." 
<laughs> yeah, oh, so hardcore glamping trip. <laughs> Anyways, let's go into Would You Rather. All right, Clint, we're going to start with you. Mm-hmm. I don't think these are as hard or as weird as or last. Or as dark. Yeah, as dark well, as Well, it was Friday the 13th last time. I mean, it had to been dark. True. True. A little bit, a little bit. Okay, let's go with, uh, yeah, Clint first. Would you rather drink only water and alcohol for the rest of your life or drink anything other than alcohol for the rest of your life? I would ditch alcohol. I really would. So, like, I'm 40, and I'm getting to that point now where, like, if I know I'm going to be in a situation where I'm expected to drink, i got to, like, think about it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I'm not, like, just rolling in, grabbing beers. i got to make sure that, you know, the runway is clear, for lack of a better term, because things <laughs> could go wrong. So, you know, I've, I've actually – I mean, I'm being kind of serious here. I've actually seriously contemplated, like, at what point in my life am I just going to stop drinking? Because that's going to be sooner than later. Not that I drink a lot anyway, but you know what I mean? I could mm-hmm. see a world in which I cut that out entirely, and it's not that far around the corner. Okay. All right, Laura, will you give it to me one more time? Because let me just make sure I understand the question. Okay. Would you rather drink only water and alcohol for the rest of your life, so mm-hmm. only water and alcohol, mm-hmm. or drink anything other than alcohol for the rest of your life? So you can't drink alcohol right. at all. You're either mm-hmm. giving up, you either, you either go all water and, and booze, alcohol? or mm-hmm. you're going, you're, you're cutting out your juices. You know, you're cutting out things like that. I think I'll take the water and alcohol because I really don't think I drink anything other than. And by the way, Clint, I'm kind of like you. I really <laughs> don't drink that much. Um, but I'll tell you guys, like my girlfriend, oh, she wow. loves to drink. She, there, There's nowhere she goes where she doesn't order a glass of wine or something. She's like to me. I'm like, why? Like, can't we just have a glass of iced tea? She's like, no, I want to have a drink. I'm like, OK, babe, whatever you say, you're the boss, whatever. It's cool. Right. But I really, I don't really drink anything. I don't drink any sodas. Um, I barely ever drink any juices. And Girl, even what do you I, drink for breakfast? Right. I know. I drink, <laughs> you know what? Uh, you you got me busted there, Clinton, because I'm a coffee drinker. Okay. So so that mm. would kind of hurt me because then I would be giving up coffee. Yeah. And if you told, if you asked me the question, would you rather give up coffee or give up alcohol? I'd still rather give up alcohol over coffee. Sure. Mm-hmm. But really, the only thing I really do drink is water. Wow. So. I think I'll take the water and the alcohol. This explains a lot. I'm joking. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you could have drank water with the other one. You were only giving alcohol, but okay. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Jesse? Oh, I'm I'm with Clinton. I've uh, I'm not that old, but I'm definitely feel a lot older <laughs> when it comes. I'm, no, I'm not. Yeah. Listen, I, as a member of the community, <laughs> right I on. am not offended by shots at my age. Okay, it's not a. Big he deal. took a very subtle shot. It's though. not a shot. He was just pointing <laughs> out that it's not that you I'm don't have to be that old to know how to shut it down. Yes, exactly. I'm. I'm. Oh, I've just turned thirty, and I'm. I was over alcohol right away. I didn't like the way it make it. It made me feel it the next day. I mean, in the moment, it's fun, but after all that, I'm like, nah. So I'll just double down on the weed and stick with the water. <laughs> there you go. See, I'm with that all day long. <laughs> Granddaddy. Purple G. Yes, I'm going to have a really hard time this week even mentioning being in the community because I have a giant zit perfectly placed right in between my eyebrows. Like, I mean, yeah. it, it's the kind of zit where, like, if somebody were looking at me in the face, I would notice that their eyes are exclusively focused in on this giant zit in the middle oh of my, my forehead. I know, it's horrible. Okay, thanks okay. thanks for sharing that. Yeah, horrible. that's nasty. That was, okay, let's I know. move on that to the next Cap's one. That was Cap's, would yeah, you yeah. rather? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ew, gross. Let's go. Okay, uh, Cap, let's start with you. <laughs> yeah. Would you rather only be allowed to walk everywhere you need to go, but mm-hmm. always make it on time, or drive everywhere you need to go, but always be two hours late? Oh, for, this is easy for me. First of all, I love to walk. Yeah. I love to walk. I could go out and walk for two hours every day, no problem. And besides just being a, a, a person who loves to walk, I'm obsessed with being on time. Mm-hmm. I hate being late, 
and I really hate when other people are late for something that I'm involved in. I don't care if it's five minutes late. It's, I'm like, dude, we have an appointment. It's 2 o'clock. 2 o'clock is 2 o'clock. 155. A good leader is always five minutes early. So I would rather walk and be on time than drive and be late. I'm with you. I would way rather walk and be on time. Walking is how I exercise, flatly. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like That's how I manage to move my body enough to make sure that I'm not, you know, completely just letting things get away. So I walk enough as is. I don't even own a car. Hello, Los Angeles. I don't own a car. I walk everywhere. I take the train. I take Ubers. But for the most part, what I do is walk. And so, like, I love walking. And walking is also, particularly in places that you're new to or you've never been to, it's the easiest way to learn about places. Oh, yeah. You know what it's I mean? Is that you can places. see yeah. everything, you yeah. know? And that's so I'm definitely going to take walking, um, punk, you know, punctuality aside. All right. Jesse? Well, I will take walking for the simple fact that if I'm walking everywhere, I'm going to lose weight. So I'm going to be thin. <laughs> I'm a fat guy right now. So I'll take, I'll take the walking for that simple reason alone. And also, I, it's, I hate being late. It's too, too much anxiety. Yeah, I'm saying, yeah. I, yeah, I'm like, I need my exercise, so let's do the walking, and we'll be there early. All right. No car, let me make a recommendation. Try an e-bike. An e-bike is another great way to see the Bro. world and to see a new city. So here's the thing. I just, yeah. I, I'm, listen, as a... As a walker, but again, a member, president of the local chapter of the Handsome Man community, e-bikes don't do good for me. People look like idiots on those things. Oh, no way, man. E-bikes. I have too too much. I'm too vain to be riding around on anything motorized that's not an actual vehicle. Oh, dude, it is an actual vehicle. I'm saying like the scooters, the birds, these things. I can't do that. They're way too unsafe, and they just look ridiculous. I can't can't do it. But an e-bike is a form of transportation, not a form of exercise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He says it's really good, too, because it's basically as useful as, like, it's it's a bike, but you don't have to pedal as much, so you can go far. And you you don't have to worry about parking. I'm telling you, man, I I will ride my e-bike all day long before my car. But where do you take the e-bike to? Like, what's the average, like, what are you going to the Barnes & Noble? Are you going to get bagels? Like, where is the e-bike getting used? Going from my house to a restaurant, going from my house to the beach, going from my house to the grocery Uh, store. Yeah, Yeah, no, it's it's so much better than taking a car because you don't have to worry about parking. You don't have to find parking. Um, You're not using gas. Uh, I'm telling you, man, I, this e-bike changed my life. I love it. It's my That's favorite cool. thing to do. All right, stick around, everybody. We're going to get to USC football. We're going to get to the Dodgers and what they did this past weekend, and how are they ever going to catch the Giants. We'll get there. Stick around. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Yeah, Sedano and Kaplan here on 710 ESPN. Clinton Yates is in for Sedano. What, what is up? Sorry. Got Jesse the body in the house. Although he's getting ready to take off for a vacation. Yes, yes, I am. I'm excited. Producer Laura at U-N-E-E-Q underscore is also here. Make sure to follow me. And uh, yes, Corporate Greg Bergman will be back in Minana. Yeah. Wait to hear all about the, the glamping adventure. <laughs> right on. Very exciting stuff. Hey, listen, if you are following along this afternoon on Twitter, uh, Clinton, your man, Tim Bontemps, man, Laker fans are just vicious out there for a guy who comes on. <sighs> 
and is not in L.A. and is not buying all the hype and has a critical eye on what the Lakers are doing and definitely is not all bought in on Russell Westbrook, man, it is a vicious, rough yeah, crowd I, out I there. I muted the thread. That's, that's where we are with that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like it was just it was messing up my whole TL. That's, that's, that's how that happened. I got to say, you're way better on Twitter than I am because last week we were talking about how you changed your name. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't even know it was you. I don't mute any threads. I don't block anybody. Um, do you block anybody? I block people every day of the week, twice you on do. Sunday. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, you got to understand, Scott. Like, I get a lot of blowback for a lot of things. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, I've been on Twitter for more than 10 years. You know what I mean? Like, and I got a lot of followers. So, like, a lot of people have a lot to say. And, like, I wouldn't even be able to – I wouldn't even be able to sort of walk through the brush if I didn't have to clear it constantly. And sometimes it's just easier. If you know somebody's operating in bad faith or you know you just don't want to listen to them, which is completely fair. People act like Twitter is sort of like some sort of public government open discussion forum where you are forced to listen to everybody. It's like, no, I'm not. If you come in crazy, I can just block you and move on with my life. That's what I do all the time. I feel like the reason I don't block people is because I don't want to be that guy who gets them to take a screenshot and then go brag to the world, look, I got under his skin so much that he actually blocked me. There was this one guy. Oh, yeah. See, you're thinking the wrong way. That's the exact opposite of what it is. If you're not getting under my skin if I block you, you simply annoyed me and I'm moving on. It's the exact opposite mindset of what you think deserves why I block. Yeah, some guy last week was all over me. His name was like Bobby, and then after the Bobby, it was like zero four six three two nine five three. You know what I mean? So like, and then I looked him up, and he was like account created May of twenty twenty one, two followers. You know, following like twenty people, and this dude is just killing me over and over and over again because of my position about how NFL players should all be vaccinated, Mm -hmm. Uh, and if they're not vaccinated, if I'm on your team. And there's 53 guys on the team, and 45 of us are vaxxed, and eight of us aren't. And one of the unvaxxed brings COVID into the locker room, and we have to forfeit the game, and we don't get paid, and the other team doesn't get paid, but they get the win. I think that's a selfish move by you. And he's like, you still think all these NFL players should retire if they don't get the vaccination? And I'm like, listen, pal, I got the vaccination. And I still got a, a positive COVID test. But if I were an NFL player and I had the vaccination and a positive COVID test, we don't have to forfeit the game and we don't all lose our money. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's, 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 that's definitely one part about it. But just in terms of like for those of you young journalists out there, do not feel the need to engage with everybody just for the sake of acting like you are being more welcoming. That is not what's up. It's 2021. There are plenty bad actors out there that it's just not worth the time like at the end of the day i'm still me i'm not losing any sleep over the fact that you don't get to talk to me that's on y'all not me all right there you go clinton um this weekend i know yesterday sunday night baseball the dodgers played on sunday night yeah and then on saturday it was a really big game because you know listen the one thing about the dodgers is they haven't won a lot of games that went into extra innings so far this year they did that twice this this past weekend Um, And they haven't won as many close games, and they did that again this weekend. But to go on the road and take on Philadelphia, where Philly had won eight straight and win two out of three, then go to New York, and yes, they didn't have to face DeGrom, but still, um, to to sweep through New York, they're doing everything that they need to do to try and win the division. Whereas, for example, my Padres are falling apart, they're falling off the face of the earth, and the Cincinnati Reds might be catching them any day now, and now they're 10 games back, and they're, they're, not, even, they're not even in the conversation anymore. But you got to give credit to the San Francisco Giants because 
as much as the Giants, you know, they went out and got Chris Bryant, where the, the Dodgers went out and got Scherzer and Trey Turner, both who've had huge immediate impact, no surprise. I mean, the Dodgers, they're still right there four games back, but they can't gain because the Giants won't give. Sure, but let's stay positively focused on the Dodgers and what we saw in that Mets series. Number one, we saw Maxi back on track at the plate. Number two, we saw some extra inning wins. Something we've talked about on this program is something that they cannot come by. The stats are there. So you have to be impressed with that. And they're in a really tough spot. The body and I were talking about this before the show. Jesse, tell me what that schedule stretch is. I'm going to Jesse for schedule checks every day of the week now, apparently. But the schedule, I mean... Dave is out here managing arms in a really tricky spot. They've played like two weeks in a row. They don't have an off day until next Monday, right? Yeah, next Monday. So my point is is that they're doing this amidst – like, yes, the games count for – obviously, they're, they're huge. I mean, again, I say it all the time. Every game counts the same. But in terms of where they are in the division rates, it matters. But they're doing things – internally from a roster um, you know, standpoint, Scott, that's not easy to do. It's not easy to say, oh, well, if this game goes to extras, how do I get my guys around in terms of managing my staff so that I don't get blown out two days later by a team that I probably should beat? You know, that, that stuff is tough. So I want to give some credit also to Walker Bueller, who stuck it out and had a great little ending of his outing um, in, that, in that game on Saturday. Like, they're in the – prime gamble spot right now and they're really doing it you know this series coming up against the pirates you expect to win that but they go back and got to deal with the mets i mean it's the hardest part of the season right now that's not the playoffs scott that's that's just all there is to it you know you mentioned max muncie who had two home runs yesterday and keep in mind that if you're the dodgers you got to be feeling really good about a couple of things trey turner has paid immediate dividends right away scherzer's been great right away no big surprise there but what you don't have is you don't have mookie Betts back yet um, you still don't have Kershaw back yet, and I think where you're really gonna you're gonna feel it, where you're gonna notice it is, Bellinger is really starting to break out and call it maybe the last seven to ten games or so. So again, if you get Bellinger back, and you eventually get Kershaw back, and you eventually get Mookie Betts back, now you've added Scherzer and Turner, and you've got Muncie who's been on fire, and Justin Turner who's you know I mean all of a sudden. The roster that you expected to have and that you've added to is there. And while you may not be able to catch the Giants, again, waiting for the Giants to give something back here, whether you do or you don't, if you can have your entire roster ready to go in early September, you got as good a shot as anybody in Major League Baseball. Absolutely. And you can't be – you're not, you're not at this stage of the game – excuse me, at this stage of the season – I just don't think that it makes sense for the Dodgers to be looking at this as whether or not they're trying to catch the Giants. They need to be playing the best baseball they can in order to be in the right place once the playoffs start. And that's why this is such a tricky calculation. Because do you gas out to get to the play- to win the division? Or do you sort of make sure that you've got everything in the right place so that by the time you make the playoffs, well, you've got everybody. If that's a one-game situation, that's a very, very difficult thing to balance in terms of what your aggressiveness level is going to be to end the season. Big win this weekend, and I say big win, I mean big sweep this weekend and finished off with 14 runs and an explosion yesterday on the Mets to take three in a row in New York, to take two out of three in Philadelphia, to take five of six on the road. Uh, The Dodgers are... Again, without Mookie and, and without Kershaw, 
they are they are playing some of their best ball of the entire season and call it the last 10 games or so. So yeah. listen, let's uh, let's move our attentions, though, over to USC football coming up and what you need to know. Laura will have what you need to know for us next. We'll all find out together what it is she thinks we need to know. That will be coming up. Plus, USC football in a make-or-break type season. We'll get there. We'll get back to all the rookie quarterbacks that played around the NFL in preseason week one. we got a lot more we still want to get to. Stick around. This is Sedano and Kaplan on 710 ESPN.